Get ready to be encouraged and equipped for the authentic life of victory God has prepared for you. Welcome to Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez. Amy is a devoted wife and mother with a passion for Jesus and a heart for those with shattered lives. She's an inspirational speaker, author, and teacher who humbly bears the scars of a broken life to reveal the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Amy's desire is for you to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Now, here's Amy Elaine Martinez. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Victory Radio. I'm your host, Amy Elaine Martinez, and I'm so glad you've joined me today for Real Victory Radio. We are going to be talking about six powerful keys that will make your weight a success today. And I am excited to share a little bit about some stories from the Bible and some personal experience and just dig in to how we can wait better and make our weight a success. So I am so glad that you've joined me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for spending part of your day with me. And let's get started. Everybody has to wait. It is such a hard thing to do. Nobody is excused from it. It's something that we have to endure. And it can be ugly and messy. And it can also, you know, be fun if we let it. But Oftentimes, I think we get wrapped up into the emotional side of it, and we really lose sight of God and his hand at work in our lives and in our circumstances, because it's hard to wait, but everybody has to do it. So we might as well learn how to do it well. I would love to know what you're waiting on today. I know that I'm waiting on a lot of things. We all are. And I want you to know that number one, God is with you in this wait. Whatever you're waiting on today, he is with you and he never leaves you. He never turns his back on us. He always walks through the wait with us. So know that before we ever get started talking about how to actually wait successfully. Believe it or not, there is beauty in the wait. If we will allow ourselves the momentary pleasure of seeing God's hand at work, and seeing our situation through his eyes, we will be able to see our weight in a totally, completely different way. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. There are some powerful ways that we can make our weight more successful. And I think that we all need to be reminded of how to do that. So we're going to talk about that. Like I said, all too often we get distracted or caught up with the emotional stuff that's going on around it. We can't really see what God's up to, but he is always up to making this beautiful masterpiece that's woven together in like a tapestry. I know that, um, if you've heard of that illustration where there is this tapestry and it looks ugly, all the strings are pulled through. And what we don't know is that's the backside of it. And when it's flipped, when the situation is flipped, when that masterpiece is turned over, it reveals this beautiful artwork. That's how a tapestry is made. And that is exactly what God does for us. He takes all the little moments and all the ugly, messy strings and flips it around and makes it beautiful. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Ecclesiastics 3.11 says, and I know God has made everything beautiful for its time. God has also placed in our minds a sense of eternity. We look back on the past and ponder over the 
future, yet we cannot understand the things of God. Isn't that true? We really can't understand. We're always looking back, back, trying to understand. We're always looking forward, trying to understand. But there's some things that we just will never know. And so that's one thing that we have to really settle within our hearts to know that we're not going to know everything. We're not going to be able to see everything as it's coming. But we can be sure that God is in our weight. When we look back, we do get to see the full picture. And that is where we get to get a glimpse of how he's been in the picture the whole time. He is there. He sweetly waits with us. He walks through it. He's in the little things. And though we may not understand it, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Another version of that, or a little bit further down in the uh passage there in Ecclesiastes 3.14 in the voice, it says, I know everything God does endures for all time. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. We humans can only stand in awe of all that God has done. And that's what I want to invite you to do today. I want you to stand in awe of what he's doing in your life and get a different perspective. The art of waiting for something The art of anything is to become highly skilled, to have the know-how, the knack, the expertise, to become highly proficient at something through practice, nobody wants to hear that, or a method, craftsmanship, to become studied in something, and in our case, waiting well, and the last part of that definition is the best way to do something. So if we want to become masters at the art of waiting and waiting well, we have to practice and we have to find the best way to do it. So that's what I want to help you do today. Waiting is hard. And if you are in a season of waiting right now, I want you to know that I am praying for you. I am thinking of you and I'm linking arms with you all the way. We have so many things going on in our lives right now that are just kind of sort of on hold and just waiting for the next thing to happen. And there's a lot of things going on and it's all good stuff, but it's still this anticipation and this expectation and this mix of worry and fret. And I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like it to be that mix of worry and fret. So I am preaching to the choir today, you guys, I am preaching to myself and, and trying to grab hold of these waiting well keys so that I can make my wait successful this time as well. No one is exempt from waiting, but we can learn to wait gracefully. Chances are you are waiting right now. Maybe you're waiting on a phone call. Maybe you're waiting on a diagnosis. Maybe you are waiting on a job, a spouse, a child. Maybe you are waiting for your prodigal to come home. I've waited for many of those things, and I want you to know that I have felt where you are at. I have felt the pain that you are experiencing, and I just want you to know that I am with you on this one. At some point in our lives, we all have to wait. It's never easy. It never is short-lived. Sometimes it feels like it's never going to end. And sometimes we even whine, don't you? I know I do. I get to that place where I'm whining, and it's just like, ugh. I can't take it. But if we don't move past that whining 
period. We will never get through what I call the wilderness of waiting. There is something better on the other side that we get to experience, but we have to push through that wait to get to the other side. So if we want to walk in our full destiny, we have to push through and get to the other side to our next destination. And if we're going to have to wait, we want to learn to wait well. So here are some skills, some keys, some insights that I want to share with you. Six powerful keys that will make your wait a success. Number one, work while you wait. Number two, welcome the wise. We're going to talk about that. Number three, worship with abandon. Number four, keep the wonder. Number five, watch out. And number six, Stay wild and unwavering. I'm going to explain that to you in just a minute. We're going to take a look at the lives of Joseph, Ruth, David, Elizabeth, and the disciples. Briefly, I know, because we don't have that much time. But we're going to look at their lives and see what we can learn from their weights, how we can do it better. They all waited on something to break through in their everyday lives moving them into their full God-given destiny. In each case, it took a move of God's almighty hand to propel them into their position, provision, promotion, purpose, and place in the kingdom realm. And we're going to talk about those. None could see how beautiful their part of the story was going to be in God's bigger story. In the moment, they couldn't see what was coming And how their messy weight was going to play out and be part of God's bigger story. And that's the same for us. And each one of them had to face a certain kind of death. Maybe a death of a dream or a death of a friend or a death of a bigger idea of an expectation. All of those things are things that they experienced. And Oftentimes in our way, there will be some form of death that we will have to cope with. So we're going to start with Joseph. And I want to show you how each way that these people from the Bible coped with their waiting, how they did it, and how it made a difference in the overall finished outcome of their wait. So Joseph's successful wait started Gosh, you guys, if you remember that story, you remember he was his own brothers threw him down into a pit. He was um, left there. His dad thought he was dead. All these years went by throughout his story. We see that he is once again put into a place of position and then falsely accused and taken out of that position and thrown into jail. I mean, he had a whole host of different weights until he finally arrived at the place in the position that God had him slotted for. But when he was in each one of these places and in each of these weights, we can see if you read through Genesis, he waits so well. He works in his weight. He does the thing that's in front of him. And he proves himself over and over again faithful to God and whatever's in front of him to do. And he continues to do this even when times get hard. When famine finally comes and he finds himself in a high position and in a place where he can do something, his 
brothers come to him. And if you remember in this story, so many years ago, before they threw him into that pit, into that well, he had told them this this dream that he had. And the dream was all these stalks of wheat standing up and bowing before him. And he said, one day you will bow before me. And they were mad, of course. And they threw him in that pit. They were like, we are done with you. And here it is playing out. They are before him. He's in a position of power. They don't know who he is. And they are bowing down to him. And his dream becomes reality. And his position ends up saving not only his brothers and his family, but a nation. In Genesis 45, 4 and 5, it says, Come closer to me, Joseph said to his brothers. They came closer. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't feel badly. Don't blame yourself for selling me. God was behind it. God sent me here ahead of you to save lives. I love how he doesn't condemn them. He doesn't do anything but immediately forgive them. He's already forgiven them. And he says, come closer. It's me. Don't blame yourselves. God was in it. And I want you to know that whatever you're going through, God is in it. And you will be able to see the purposes later on. Maybe not this side of heaven, but you will be able to see the purposes in his plan. Let's move on and talk about Ruth. Ruth's rewarding weight was a super success. And she got a hunky guy to go with it. Hopelessly, Ruth started out facing the death of her husband, her spouse, and She had nowhere to go and no one to take care of her, but yet she remained loyal to her mother-in-law, if you remember this story. She follows her mother-in-law, Naomi, to a new land, and she just tells her, I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to go with you. Your people will be my people. And she, in her desperation, follows after her mother-in-law into this new place in this new land. And when she gets there... You know what she does? She also works. She does the thing that's in front of her. She goes out to the fields and she gleans and she does the thing that's in front of her. She embraces her unwanted change. And even when things don't turn out the way that she had thought, she still trusted God. And you know what else she did? She started to listen in to Naomi's advice. She welcomed the wise into her situation. The counsel of her mother-in-law was so important to how Ruth's story turns out. And it will be for us, too. We need to seek godly counsel while we wait. So welcoming the wise is our second step. Ruth listened to Naomi's advice, and she told Naomi, All that you say I will do in Ruth 3, 5. Patiently, Ruth waited for provision. And you know what? Through Boaz, God came through in a mighty big way for Ruth. Their love story is one of the most beautiful pictures of what God does for us through Jesus. He provides for us in a place that we have, we can't provide for ourselves. And in the story of Ruth, you see, she was in a, in a culture where you had to have a male authority or figure or a kinsman is what they called it at that time to take care of you. If you were a widow and you didn't have any brothers or father or children, you were at a huge loss. You had no way to be provided for. And so Ruth had a big weight before her. 
and I know she must have been so sad as a widow. But in the end, she waited well. She sought the counsel of wise people around her. She welcomed that, that, that advice in, and she did exactly what Naomi told her to do. And in the end, Ruth ends up with her man and in the lineage of Christ. They have a baby, and that baby has a baby, and so forth and so on. And eventually, Jesus comes from that line. Isn't that beautiful? So her weight was definitely a success. Let's move on to David. David's weight was a complete drag, if there ever was one. David had been appointed and anointed. He had been set up as the rightful king. Only Saul wasn't ready to give it up. He was not going to allow David to step into that place of authority. He continued to uh, set war against David, and he threatened his life repeatedly. So David hung out in the caves and hide it out. Hide it out. That's not a word. <laughs> he hid out in the caves, and he fought for his life. Even though he knew he had the rightful place and as the king, he had to wait for his promotion. How many of you have had to wait per, for promotion? Wait till God pulled that that string or that that next thing in your life that set you up for the big thing that you were waiting on. Well, David is somebody you can study out because he waited long, long, long to get into his place of position and waited for that promotion. Fearing for his life, David waited on the death of a king. And during that wait, like I said, there's always, there's often a death that we'll have to face. David lost his best friend in a battle that he never wanted. But through it all, you know what we can learn from David? He praised God. He worshiped in the wait. And that is the third thing on our list. We hear David in Psalm 135, 130, verse 5. I pray to God, my life a prayer, and wait for what he'll say and do. My life's on the line before God, my Lord, waiting and watching till morning, waiting and watching till morning. So he's waiting, watching, and all the while, he is worshiping. The next person I want to tell you about is Elizabeth. And y'all, she waited a long time. She waited a long time for a baby. You see, during those times, in that, that time of culture, having a child was your purpose as a woman. You were supposed to create, have a child, and that was what you were supposed to do. Being barren was one of the hardest things for women to deal with in that culture. And if you are waiting on that today, I just pray for you. I, my heart goes out to you because I know the longing for a child can be so hard. And Elizabeth does us, does this so well. She doesn't ever lose the wonder of who God is for her. If we read in the Bible, it tells us that she was known as a lover of God, even though her heart was sad. She was continuing to love the Lord and serve him with a whole heart. She completely loved him and waited on him, even when she didn't get what she wanted. And in her wait, she served him well. She loved him well. In Luke 6, 1, 
Luke 1, 6 through 7, tells us that due to Elizabeth's infertility, they were childless. By this time, they were both quite old, well past normal childbearing years. But you know what? One day, she found out she was pregnant, and God had had a plan, and he was just waiting for the exact right moment for it to all come together and happen. Because that baby that she ended up giving birth to was John the Baptist, and he paved the way for Jesus. He made a way in the wilderness for Jesus to be known and accepted and to be seen. Can you imagine the weight? She's gray-headed. She thinks she has no chance in the world that her dream is ever going to come true. She faced the death of a dream. But God, he comes through and she gets the honor and privilege of raising up this man who is going to pave the way for Jesus. I love it. It's so beautiful. During that time, she serves well. She never loses the wonder of who God is. And people know it. They know her as a lover of God. And that's a beautiful thing. So just to recap, we have work while you wait. Number two, welcome the wise. Number three, worship with abandon. And four, keep the wonder. Number five is watch out. And we're going to quickly cover that about the disciples. They had longed for a savior to come back take over their oppressors and give them a place on earth in a kingdom here. But that was not to be. They would have to wait for him to die on a cross and then wait after he told them that he was going to come back. They looked to the skies and they waited. After Jesus had charged the disciples in this way, he was taken up into heaven and seated at the right hand of God. The disciples went out proclaiming the good news and the risen Lord continued working through them, confirming every word they spoke with the signs he performed through them. Mark sixteen nineteen through 20. Paul encourages us to wait and watch. He says, keep your eyes open, hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Y'all, this, the people that we've looked at, these five groups of people, these five stories that we read in the Bible are excellent ways for us to remember how to wait. So I want to encourage you in your wait. And there's six. I told you there were six. So the last one is they were wild. Every single one of these groups of people were wild about their Lord, about God. They served him wholeheartedly. They continue to serve him in the good and the bad. In Jeremiah 29, 11, I want to leave you with this. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. The hope, the future you hope for. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the message. I want to pray for you. Right now, as we are closing out the show, thank you so much for joining me. God is in your wait. You can find out more about Real Victory Radio at amyelaine.com, A-M-Y-E-L-A-I-N-E. 
You can become a prayer partner and join the victory movement. Remember, Real Victory Radio is listener supported, and we count on you to help us be able to bring the word. Thank you so much for making Real Victory part of your day today, and I'm just going to pray us out. Father God, thank you so much for your word and for the people in your Bible in the word that you've given us that show us how to wait well. Would you teach us how to wait well? Will you help us to make our wait successful? Will you remind us to work and to do what's in front of us, to worship you and never lose the wonder of who you are in our wait? You are such a good God, and you never leave us or abandon us. You never give us something or make us wait for something that isn't the best for us. So today I ask that you would be with us in the way that you would remind us that you are in the wait, Lord. I thank you for who you are. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for Real Victory Radio. I hope you'll join me next week. And remember, we are here to help you get ready and equipped for an authentic life of real victory. We hope you were encouraged and equipped by today's episode of Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez. Please go to amyelaine.com to find out how to receive Amy's resources, including her book, Becoming a Victory Girl. You can also listen to podcasts and see where Amy will be speaking. Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. They depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to amyelaine.com for ways you can partner with Amy in reaching listeners with the power to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Please tune in again. And next Saturday at 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. for Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez.